Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. Oh, it says we're at the Fort offices now, not, not Garrison Avenue. Oh, that's very, yeah, that's very, uh, very specific, isn't it? This is quite fancy because we're now in your new office. Well, it's the same office, it's just got less. It feels very new because it's very airy, which actually I'm now thinking might make the sound quality of this podcast even worse. Yeah, sorry about that. Should I put my um, poncho over the top of the phone? (laughs) Put the phone inside. Put the the poncho over our head. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that might be... Anyway, I'll find out when I'm editing it and listening back to it later anyway. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Vinyl. The vinyl revival. Oh. Do you still have vinyl records? We have a few. This is weird because I had a conversation about, with somebody about this, an in-depth conversation. It wasn't you. Oh, no, it wasn't me. That's fair. And in this last 10 days, week to 10 days. Really? We've got some vinyl. Yeah. Um, we have got a mechanism with which to play it. But I don't know what we would play that through at the moment. We've got a, a turntable, a good turntable. Hmm. We're obviously going to need to plug it into some sort of amplification device. So I don't know how we would do now that. Now, that's interesting because that does mirror what's happening a little bit with the vinyl revival so i was reading an article my, my kids have have got involved in the vinyl revival okay. to the extent that they're buying vinyl now instead of streaming and they both have two record players yeah um, and they both have vintage record players which they say are much better than the modern ones and record players that i had when i was a teenager Okay. And I'm like, they're really ugly. Anyway. But, yeah. So, so but I, they, are they the actual ones that were actually yours? Yes. They okay. bought, no, not mine. Oh, no, but so we're around that time. To, They've been yeah. buying them from eBay. So they've right. been buying okay. old hardware. Okay. But in this article I was reading in Tech Radar, um, it says that um, vinyl sales have risen. I'll get to some details. But 50% of consumers who bought vinyl over the previous 12 months of this report that was done in 2021, didn't own a record player. Right, okay. So in in some of the cases, they're saying that it's fan frenzy for collectibles. Okay. But in the case of my kids, they actually want to listen to the vinyl. So if you've got vinyl, presumably you didn't buy it since not having it. No, we've got vinyl from... So we've got vinyl from when we were younger... Our original vinyl. So my kids have now got my vinyl. Okay. And they've also got really interested in um, cassette tapes. Okay. Because there's a cassette deck on the stereo system. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a sound system. It's a music centre. It's not just a record player. It's a full music centre. And they think it sounds wonderful. And they've got these huge, ugly pieces of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I mean, the whole change in the record over, turn mm. it over, it jump in, and certainly cassettes. I, mean, I was glad to see the back of cassettes. Yeah, although I had a cassette player in my car for a long, 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 long time. 
So I was heavily reliant on cassettes because that was the only way and I didn't I did have a have CD a, player. A lot of fun. Uh, I used to do sort of mixtapes oh, and things yeah. like that, obviously, and recording off the radio, yeah. which, of course, you shouldn't do for no. licensing reasons. No. But, yeah, I, I feel like I've moved beyond that where I just want to stream. But that's not the case anymore. The, the conversation, I've, I remembered the conversation I was having, and it was with um, with a lady of about our age. And what she was saying... Uh, she was talking about her husband. So, so she does a lot of crafting. So she's in a happy place when she's crocheting, make, you know, she made, she made me this beautiful little thing here, which doesn't work on a podcast, but she made these individual like miniature corn dollies. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, they're, they're tiny. It's like a size of a 50 pence piece corn dolly. Anyway, um, so she makes lots of things, but her husband's thing is vinyl. I dropped my phone. Her husband's thing is vinyl. And we were talking about, and it sounds like a really nice thing that they do, actually. He's got a massive collection of vinyl. They have been cataloguing it on some app somewhere, some cloud-based database thing, where you can share. Um, you, you talk about, it's not just the Queen Greatest Hits album, it's a German pressing of Queen's Greatest oh, wow. Hits album. You know, they're okay. really into... The value of his collection is is considerable. But what she said was that they... Um, what they do is he goes and gets his record player and so she'll be sat crafting and he'll play her a piece of vinyl and she has to guess, like, when it was or whatever, if it's something she's familiar with. Or he'll play it and he'll be telling her all about the history of, like, I bought it in this place... You know, there are only 900 of these pressed. A bit like, you know... That's quite we, sweet, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, like when we were kids, there'd be like, you know, a blue pressing of a particular oh. Duran Duran song or something like that. Yeah. Have you got stuff like that in your collection? The very first album I bought was by Darts. Oh, yeah. It was orange. Wow, okay. That's the only coloured album I've got, but yes. Uh, apparently Taylor Swift has done that. So one of the reasons for um, a massive um, a number of sales, uh, I think Taylor Swift sold just under a million vinyls, in according to this report. Well, let's have a look. Da, da, da. Yeah, Taylor Swift were the best-selling record in 2022. Um, oh, number seven. But she made multiple artistic type releases so different colors and different artwork on the vinyls okay so that that pushed the numbers up presumably because of the the fan um collectibles idea but yeah my first one was orange do you remember your first album um yeah my first the first single i bought i bought two and they were ex um jukebox singles 45 so i bought banana republic by the boomtown rats can't remember what was on the b-side and i bought it's my part in i'll cry if i want to by dave stewart and barbara gaskin and my first album was police the first one which was the black album which i think was outland ostermall yeah so that was the first lp that i bought okay or was it regatta de blanc anyway it was it was the first police album that was put out on vinyl. I bought that. Okay. What about you? Yeah, Darts was the first Oh, album. sorry, Darts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first um, single I bought was Somewhere Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Bought it from Woolworths in Hanley. Okay. Yeah, so. 
I, but you quite, bought that with your I own money. I was in primary school, yeah, right. with, with my own money. And I bought the dance album when I was in primary school as well. Right. I was in secondary <coughs> school, I think. But I do remember when we were kids, we had three records, three albums. We had Jungle Book. We had Peter and the Wolf. And we had um, The Tales of Beatrix Potter. Yeah. So there are lots of little songs in those stories yeah. and I can still remember the songs. Oh, lovely. And I've got Peter and the Wolf on my phone and occasionally when your phone's on shuffle and you're playing in the car, you'll get a little oh, bit of um, Peter and the Wolf and it takes you back, yeah. Straight back there. Yeah, yeah. yes. Oh, I can imagine. A, a long time ago. So I need to get this right. I, I started talking about Taylor Swift. So let me get the stats right. Okay. Um, in... 2022, Taylor Swift's Midnight was the year's top LP, and she sold 945,000 copies. Okay. Okay. Doesn't sound like very many. Oh, in vinyl. In vinyl. Yes, I was going to say, that doesn't sound like very many, but yes, okay. And then in this article by Tech Radar, it's saying that, that this vinyl revival, I think on Wikipedia, they also call it the vinyl resurgence, but I think I prefer revival. Yeah, resurgence sounds like a recurring condition that you need (laughs) an ointment for. Revival sounds like you're bringing it back. Intentionally, yes. Yeah, yeah, rather than it just... They they say in their first paragraph that it's allowed for Gen Zers and Millennials to find common ground with the older generations. That's me and you, Heather. Thanks for Through a shared admiration for somewhat outdated tech format. But I haven't got the common ground because I don't want to listen to the vinyl and my kids don't actually, they're not that interested in all of the vinyl that I've got. So some of the gems that I've got, they're like, oh, I don't want to listen to that. Right. <laughs> they're quite picky. So I, I feel a little bit like, hmm, Do they I, I should listen to that, but then I don't want to listen to vinyl. I just want to yeah, stream it. Thank you. I think, I know what you mean about the, you know, putting the, putting the, putting the needle on the record, put the needle on the record, that, okay, <laughs> um, is effort you know you got you get up go and put the album on or whatever but i think it's just a different way of listening to music it's much more we i remember we had a vinyl night for stuart's birthday one year a load of friends came around and people brought some vinyl and people do actually love sharing oh this you know listen to this but it kind of it's a bit like um, if you're in a pub and there's a performer and you don't like what they're singing, you know, you're invested because your friend likes it for a little while, but then you're like, all right. Enough now. Enough now. I don't need 45 minutes of or 30 minutes of stuff that I've never heard before. But for you, you know it verbatim. You know which track follows which. So it's a bit like um, the way that I think of some guitarists they're having a great time playing guitar and I'm not having a great time listening. I said, just noodling away. Yeah. It's like, well, that, I'm Lovely. really pleased for you, but please don't subject me to it. <laughs> I think one of the things that maybe we lose with streaming, or you can potentially lose with streaming, is that when people build an album of music, is that they're, they're seeing that as a whole yeah. piece of work. Yeah. So it's got a, a start, a middle and an end. And... The annoying thing was vinyl. You have to turn it over in the middle. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm not dead against vinyl, by the way. I do like the fact that you can have artwork and you have all the lovely inserts. Reading the same. lyrics, yeah. reading the back of it. Yeah. And it's not quite the same on CD. It's too small. Yeah. You might have all the fold-out stuff, but it's not, not the, same, the same, is no. it? But, yeah, sometimes I think when you're streaming, the tendency is to pick and choose off albums and maybe you're only listening to the most popular, whereas... I think if you can listen to a whole album and you can stream a whole album, can't you? Yeah. Then you you get that better experience. But for me, then I can put my headphones on and do yeah. it while I'm walking. Well, the artist... I can't listen to music while I'm walking with a vinyl. No. Although the kids can do it now because they've got Walkmans. Sony right. Walkmans. Can you believe? One of them is mine from when I was a teenager. So are they recording onto vinyl and then... Or are they playing a cassette in your Walkman? Uh, so, recording onto cassette from vinyl? Yeah, so at, at the, they've got everything. So they're recording from vinyl onto cassette. They have some cassettes that I didn't actually throw away. I admit I must have chucked a lot away. Yeah. Um, and and also, um, my son's just bought a, a, a burner. So he's burning his own CDs from vinyl and from wherever. Oh, my wow. God. I haven't got enough time for that. It's just on your phone. <laughs> I know. But, but I think that's the thing, because when we were kids, if somebody had said to us, you see all that vinyl that you've got there, one day you'll be able to store that on a chip that's smaller than your fing- your little fingernail, you'd go, no way. What, carry all that vinyl around with me? You know, on... We'd go, no. But f- so for them... They have the world on a plate in their phone, so for them it's a it's a different it's a way. It's a now, creative isn't it? way of yeah. doing something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and let me just have a look. There's some dates as well because I haven't got this in my head really. So, the analog format is made of polyvinyl chloride. That's okay. vinyl. Uh, been the main vehicle for commercial distribution of pop music from the 1950s until the 1980s. <laughs> And 1990s, when it was largely replaced by the compact disc, there's no mention in Wikipedia of the cassette there. Oh, they just... No, no, cassette disc. Um, They've ignored that totally. Since the turn of the millennium, CDs have been partially replaced by digital downloads and uh, streaming services. But do you know when the vinyl revival started? Oh, I don't know. It's going to be... 2018? 17 consecutive years. What? I've seen growth in vinyl. Really? It's mad, isn't it? What, so just when all the HMV shops closed, they all started opening up again selling vinyl. In fact, there still is a HMV somewhere. Yeah, and and I think it's also seen um, the the increase of um, renewed interest in record shops. So you have the, the record shop, record store day. It's okay. quite popular now. My kids love going into a record shop and, and looking through the racks at, at records. There's a, I, I always go and find a bookshop to browse through instead. Well, <laughs> That's my happy place. Well, and I think that's the thing. There's an Nancy Griffith song, um, which is called um, Love at the Five and Dime, I think it's called. And, and uh, there's a, a performance of it where she's talking beforehand. And it's about, it's about a couple who... Who um, meet anyway? Uh, she talks about getting a bus into Central Austin, and the and the bus used to stop outside the Woolworth store when you had to change buses. And there's this lovely bit where she says, um, "So, you, so 
the time between when the bus arrived in central Austin and you had to get the bus out of central Austin, there was just a little bit of time. She said it was just enough time to um, to go into Woolworths, she says, so to run into the Woolworths store, um, dig through the record bin, wink at the boys and get back on the bus. <laughs> and and the, there is something about being in a music shop and, and looking through albums. Yeah. I used to do it when I was a teenager. I can clearly remember now the uh, the record, the upstairs. So the downstairs of the record shop in in Hanley uh, was new records, and yeah. I'd always go upstairs with my friend and we'd look through the second old hand. records, yeah. the second hand ones. Uh, yes. So the other issue is that the growth of vinyl sales slowed last year, and if it wasn't for Taylor Swift. Yeah, that, that would have been even more slow. But one of the um, comments in this article in uh, Tech Radar is that it's possibly to do with the fact that the manufacturing facilities aren't there to support this growth. Okay. But there are new manufacturing facilities coming online. Okay, so that calls into question the whole environmental thing because if we're making plastic discs, physical plastic discs, to listen to music from rather than it being a digital file that presumably digital files themselves aren't um, damaging to the environment, even if we So is it better to have polyvinyl chloride made or these mobile phones? From a recycling point of view, because mobile phones are... You can make a plant pot with a vinyl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or a, a clock. Or a clock. What was the... Uh, Stuart and I were talking about something the other day. I don't know if we were listening to a horrendous track on the radio. And then it was like, and that formed part of a CD, you know, that sold this many copies. And we went, yeah. Oh, no, it, I know what it was. It was um, the recording of Candle in the Wind at the death of Diana. Oh, yeah. right. That is in competition It's with White Christmas as the highest selling single of all time wow right and so but they were declaring these numbers as to how many people bought and downloaded that uh, the candle in the wind version for diana and we were talking about what a crazy time it was and then the year it was pick of the pops and the year the week that it was from was the january after she died in the july or august whatever it was and we were like is this still number one? People were still buying this. And then we said, oh, yeah, people would, would have bought it. Um, and there'll be an awful lot of bird scares. <laughs> when people affix oh, yes, CDs course, to scare yeah, the birds yes. away or whatever. Because um, we the numbers were just incredible when you consider that the Bing Crosby version of White Christmas stems from before they started keeping records. But pretty much every house on the planet will have or every, you know certainly in the developed world will have at least one version of that because it will be on all the christmas compilation albums it will be on do you know what I mean? it'll be yeah, it, yeah. so it was it was and we were like oh yeah cds yeah they're all just so anyway final revival is as old as my daughter mad does that make you feel old yes i feel old every day it's just another <laughs> reason to feel old <laughs> Now, here's the thing, and this will be something you weren't expecting. The magazine that I want to refer to is over there on my desk. Okay, so I'm just going to take... It may take a while because my office is very large. Can can I just applaud that you didn't make a noise when you stood up from your seat? I'd take, like, an old lady point of view. Right, 
I'm over here now. And now I'm coming back. Right, so positive news. Yeah, yeah, positive news. I know you refer to positive news um, very often. I subscribe to positive news. And you, you get a printed version. Because I like to have the physical copy. And I was on a bit of a... Um, I was on a bit of a spa weekend this weekend. So yesterday I found myself awaiting my um, neck and shoulder, back neck and shoulder massage. And so I was reading the magazine. There were a couple of things that oh, stood out. terribly. Oh, no. It was, I, I thought... I Did you have a glass of wine as well? No, oh. because it was in the morning. Um, but, <laughs> Since when has that stopped you? No, and, and driving, oh, obviously. Okay. But um, there were a couple of things that caught my eye, so I thought I'd share them with you. So one, there's an article about a couple um, who live in Walthamstow in East London, and um, they are called Solar Punks. Solar Punks? Yeah. I think it's a self-named okay. term. Um, so there's a picture, basically, of a couple in a brass bed, in a brass bed, on the roof. Like bed knobs and broomsticks type brass Very beds. much so, yes. Oh, yeah. But then they're under lots of snuggly things. They've got a coat on. They've got woolly hats on. And but what, they're on a roof. But they're on a roof. And what they're doing is they're artists, but they're sleeping on the roof of their terraced house to raise money so that they can build a power station on their street. So I read that and I go, well, you can't just build a power station somewhere. But what they're actually building is a community power station. So the idea is that if they can raise some money, they can buy solar panels to go on the roofs within their immediate community. And that will help to power the houses that are in their immediate community. Um, so they've got um, they've got a target. They were trying to raise £50,000 um, in 15 days. But um, they've raised over, they've raised £100,000 um, and basically what they've done is they've slept on the roof and they put a big plastic sheet over themselves to stop them getting wet. Okay, this may be a silly question, but how does sleeping on the roof raise money? Or are people paying them to sleep on the roof? I think, yes, I think that it's a it's sort a of sponsored, sponsored thing. sleep okay. thing, yes. I thought there was some money spinning idea of sleeping on the roof. I was just trying to work Give out it a go. I'd do how much flat summer. roof I had. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. But so that so um, the, a couple of things. So they're learning as they go and they're documenting their journey on film. So there may be some further um, income generation further okay. down the line. But what I thought was um, was particularly interesting is that they were talking about. So bulk buying, they'll get a better deal. Um, and it's just turning things completely on their on their head. Um, they've also got, um, uh, they've brokered a deal for five nearby schools to install rooftop solar panels. So it just, the picture caught my eye because they're under a really lovely, snuggly looking blanket. It's a nice looking blanket. Yeah. And, thought, and they've got a, a, a lamp. They've got a plugged in lamp, yeah. Which, I don't know what it's running off, if it's solar-powered. No, there's a cable appearing, appears to be. Um, but anyway, I just thought, it, it caught my eye because it's one of those things where, actually, who would think of doing that? Yeah, not sleeping on the roof bit. That that doesn't appeal to no. me. But the idea of a community getting together to, to, to fund solar power, which will have community benefit. I like that. Yeah. Yes. So I thought that was really clever. Yeah. So that caught my eye. And then there was an article about love. 
Are you so driving I... your money's worth out of the magazine? Oh, I loved it. I love, yeah, I loved this one. Now, maybe that's partly because I, I actually set aside more time to read it rather than just snatching little bits here you and there. You booked yourself a spa day just so you'd have time to read. To read my magazine. Okay. That's not strictly true. Um, I'm just trying to find this out. Here we go. Love Around the World. Uh, and I thought, okay, what is love? Well, that's the biggest question of all time, isn't it? But it taught, so it's showcasing, not showcasing, it's telling the story of various people around the world who are in relationships. So we start off with um, a Croatian couple uh, and they have taken photos and visited different people to see the complexities of love and what that looks like. So we what's their background? Are they artists? They're photographers. Photographers, yeah. Yeah, but then from that, they're also making a documentary. So they're, you know, they're, they're, they're telling they're chronicling. stories. They're chronicling. They're chronicling, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so, for example, there's a lovely picture here of a couple um, from Bolivia. Um, they met when they were children. He is a mountain guide and she was a cook in base camp. But she decided it was time to climb the mountains herself. So she started an indigenous women's climbing group called the Chilitas Escaladoras. And the husband is helping them prepare to climb Mount Everest. That's not your usual what couples do on a weekend kind no. of thing, is it? No. So they were interesting. We've got a couple in Saudi Arabia um, where the wife chooses to continue to wear the veil. We've got a couple in uh, Zambia where um, the female uh, has albinoism and that was a challenge because he's effectively married to a white woman, although she's not a white woman. She has albinoism and that makes her non-black. So the challenges that they face. Uh, we've got a Jewish couple. We've got a couple where they were in a heterosexual relationship and then one of them um, transitioned. So now they're in a lesbian relationship because the one who used to be a male is female. Um, there's a guy and his wife uh, who are in the Amazon. And he he talk, what he talks is lovely. He says that when I, when I was with her for the first time, I liked her so much that I couldn't sleep that whole night. Oh. All I could think about was how to be with her again. And I was afraid of her rejecting me. And she said, I didn't like him at first. Um, he had to ask me to be with him many times, but in the end I agreed. And ever since then I'm crazy about him. He's my first man and I don't want anyone but him. He is a good hunter and always brings me the finest meat. <laughs> in our tribe, all the men are good hunters, but mine is the best. Oh, wow. And he's best at fishing, so I never have to worry about having enough to eat. Oh, bragging rights there. When I want to show him I like him, I make him necklaces and bracelets out of monkey teeth. So he can be handsome and everyone can see as a good wife. Oh, amazing. These stories are fascinating. So is there a story of a Heather and a Stuart from Gabon? We haven't, we, no, we haven't got to that. We haven't got to that yet. But we've heard of um, cultures where men have multiple wives. Yeah. Right. So it, the example that they give here is a guy in Namibia who's got two wives. They actually look like they're twins, but I don't think they are because their hairs, their hair and their headdresses and everything are Virtually the same, but have we heard... He's got a type, obviously. He's got a type, yeah. yeah. and Yeah. But have we come across um, areas of society where wives have two husbands? No. Less known about. In India, 
um, they live in a remote valley in the Himalayas and the lady has two husbands. She married brothers. They are both her husbands. I spend half my time with one husband and the other half with the other and I love them equally. Our children call one father older father and the other younger father. Okay. All right. And that's perfectly normal for them. Uh, a couple where the wife has um, a diagnosis of a motor neurone um, dementia condition and he's with her all the time. Japanese couple um, uh, where he was a really bad person, but he became, t she tamed him and he's now, you know, he plays by all the rules. Um, and a couple uh, in India where they were from different castes. She was from a very low caste and yet they um, they carried on. Their parents didn't approve, but they married um, and, they're, and they're together. And it was just, you know, the whole thing is what is love. And then when you look at these different people so all over the world, world yeah. and the things that they value yeah. um, and, and how they show us. I know. They were just lovely stories. They were just really lovely stories. Um, yeah, people are fascinating. And, you know, I mean, obviously this is positive news, but those stories individually aren't necessarily positive. But when you look at them all together collectively, it's quite an interesting piece of work to do. Hmm. So, and that won't be all of them. To look at when we say husband and wife here and love and all of those things, even if you just did it in the UK, it would be a different thing. Never mind across different culture, you know, different indigenous cultures. Well, fascinating. Thank you for bringing those two stories to me. There you go. Positive, Positive news, yeah. <laughs> now Here's a Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week ever. <laughs> <laughs> Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air.